Oh, hey there. Welcome back to the Red River Horror Podcast. This is episode number 62. I am, of course, Joe Zakreski, and I am all by myself right now, but that's because this episode's going to feature an interview. Eddie's going to interview Andy Garrison, who was the voice behind Rock and Roll Nightmares, Gory Days, 80s edition short stories. If you remember our previous interview for the 70s edition, Eddie had an interview with Andy Garrison about this one with the 80s. So it should be really cool. You got to check those out. They're available on Amazon. You can print we, you know, I did audio for 70s, and I'm going to do audio for the 80s, and I really enjoyed it, especially for this Halloween season. Other things I enjoy are retro and collectibles, and you know at KeystoneRetro.com, you can get 10% off your order by using code REDRIVER. Now, let's sit back and relax and enjoy Eddie's interview with Andy Garrison. Welcome back to the Red River Horror Podcast. I'm Eddie Cayazzo, founder of Red River Horror. We have another great interview for you. Of course, you know we call it the Channels of Fear on the website. This would fall under the audio streams. And today we have a special book being featured, Gory Days. This is the Rock and Roll Nightmare series from the 80s. That's right. And we have the narrator on the line with us today, Andy Garrison. Andy, welcome to the Red River Horror Podcast. Thanks, Eddie. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So... I want to dive right in to your background. It's oh. it's kind of funny. Like I was, you know, you do you do a little bit of research and you kind of look up, uh, you know, who who you're going to be talking to and what you know what they do. Uh, but I, I honestly, I have to say, it's a full. You have a full suite, I guess, there in uh, Kansas City for I guess acting, voice acting, the whole shebang. Can you tell us a little about a little bit about what you do? Yeah, sure. My day job really is um, uh, running an acting studio. Um, it's a fairly small boutique operation, one one uh, location, one instructor, me. And um, that keeps me pretty busy through the week. Uh, once in a while, I get to take an acting gig. Um, audiobooks are great because I can... I can, you know, work on audiobooks in my own time, and um, instead of having to be at a rehearsal or a, or a, a film set um, and and lose class time to do that, I can I can, you know, fit the audiobook recording in the in the cracks, so to speak, um, and. Kansas City is actually the a lot of the country may not know this. It's a pretty good acting market. We have a ton of theater. Um, I think we're top three in the nation in terms of um, per capita equity theater seats. Uh, huh. And you know, for the amount of for the size of the metropolitan area, which is about two point one million, we have a we have a lot of theater going on. We also have a thriving uh, independent film community. Uh, yes. Pretty good commercial acting market, and um, that's all before you get to the stuff actors do on their own, like audiobooks and and uh, other commercial voiceover work and so forth. So that's um, that's very cool. I never would have thought. I think of obviously when I think of Kansas City. Of course, I think yeah. of the Great Barbecue. Sure, <laughs> and, we got that. Yep. And then the, your beloved Chiefs, think of them. Yeah. 
But Thank I would you. I would never think of that being like like a big acting market. But hearing yeah. you say that, like like I think you know, because obviously on the East Coast we know how much Atlanta has blown up, and that's become oh, yeah. a hub. Yeah, absolutely. And we're getting affected by the um, blow up right now in Oklahoma. With they they've just uh, started some tax credits down there. That's that's attracting some film down into Tulsa and Oklahoma City. And uh, we have actors and um, some shooters and things like that are that are getting some work in Oklahoma. Um, we're not a large market. We're a what I would call a you know tertiary market at best, but. It's enough so that there are, you know, plenty of actors that uh, can do this for a living primarily. Um, and while we may not have as much competition, you know, for certain roles, there also isn't as much opportunity as like in L.A. You know, you're going to have you're going to have tons of opportunity, but you're also going to have tons of competition. And it, here the quality of the work is good but it's all on a smaller scale and mixing that with the cost of living here in the Midwest. And a lot of actors have come to Kansas city from the coasts and found out, wow, I could buy a home here and raise a family and have kind of a normal life, you know? Right. A little so, bit different. Yep. The, the comfort uh, factor is a draw for this area, you know? Um, and the, the older you get, the more that you appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, so. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so no, so that's, that's your day job, I guess then yeah. is, I'm trying to think, is there, is there, I want to try and get in, in, into your head a little bit with, okay. with that, it's just because place, but. We, <laughs> we try and, well, well, that's what we try and do. Trying to get into scary places here at RevRiverHorror.com. <laughs> No, but it's, uh, we had, I know last year we had Jeffrey Reddick on, he's the creator of the Final Destination series, and, you know, he broke into the business as a, a, um, a writer, like a writer, and then, you know, he's produced a lot of films and now has directed as well. Sure. But, like, it was funny hearing his story of, you know, he, he wrote something, like, he just kept being persistent with New Line Cinema until ultimately he got wow. in. And then he said, yeah. you know, if you're doing this, then you got to be all in. Like, you got to be all in. So that's what you yeah. do. Um, yeah. how, how does it differ, I guess, if you were trying to be a voice actor from a regular actor? Like, what I mean, I know that those are two very different things, but I'm trying to think of the audition process, the... Sure. The... You know, some people think this is a great example. I had someone say to me um, this next statement, and I'm just like, well, I'm going to be talking to a voice actor and someone who teaches this. They think it's easier to get into voice acting than it is to regular acting. Is well, that, is that there, are, there are aspects that are easier. Uh, with voice acting, you have the copy right in front of you. You don't have to memorize, you know, minutes and minutes and minutes of dialogue. Uh, you can read it. Uh, that, on the other hand, is its own challenge. Being able to read out loud and and sound like you're just talking, like these thoughts are coming out of my head instead of the writer's head who put them on paper. Uh, that is its own skill. And 
um, you know, the, the ability to read out loud is, I think, underestimated for a lot of different professions, not just voice acting. I think the ability to, you know, speak publicly with a presentation and, you know, have your own notes and be reading those notes, but speak as though it's spontaneous is a skill. And your uh, cold reading skills are become very, very important. Um, there are, I get calls as a, as a voiceover uh, teacher, an acting teacher. I must get, you know, half a dozen calls a month from some guy with great pipes, you know, that's, I get told every day I should be on the radio. Yeah. You know, and great. You don't need a great voice. You need a great read. And sometimes those guys can read and women, I should say as well, that um, can, can read beautifully. Other times it's, it's more work than, than some want to put in. Um, and that's before you even get to the technical aspects of recording yourself, uh, editing your audio and um, uh, having a place that's quiet enough that you can record from. There are a lot of different aspects to this, and um, I, I think I think you are in a certain way more in control of your of what you can do as a voice actor because with you know the interwebs we can get out there and uh, find work in a lot of different places, not just in our market, and of course actors. Uh, often have to travel for their work, even if they're stage actors, certainly film actors, um, but, uh, and find the work that way. But as a voice actor, you can find the work out there and, you know, sit at home in your home studio and get the job done. Um, So it feels like there's a little more control. I feel like as a commercial voiceover uh, actor, I feel more dependent on my agent here in Kansas City than I do as an audiobook narrator. I feel like as a narrator, I can go out and find the work um, myself, Um, whether it's through some of the platforms like ACX or there's a new one called Ahab. or uh, finding small publishing houses that have the, that publish the kind of genre I want to work in and, you know, um, being able to contact them and authors through that publishing house website. That's, that's a terrific way to find work. Um, Okay. So that would, I guess, bring me to the getting work part of it and, and actually doing it, you teach it, but you bring up something very important. How, how did you come to read Gory Days? Well, I it was it was really serendipity. I um, got contacted by Stacy Lane Wilson, the author and editor, uh, the editor and author of many of the stories in Gory Days. Uh-huh. Um, she, uh huh. She, oh gosh, a couple of years ago, asked me to narrate a full length novel of hers uh, called The Tragedy Man. Um, uh, Tragedy Man is about um, uh, a novelist, uh, a struggling novelist that uh, who's, I'm going to screw this up, who becomes possessed while he's writing and the work that comes from that possession is much more successful than anything he had written before. 
and it's it sort of follows his um, you know meteoric rise and then meteoric fall hmm. um, uh, through that process. It, and of course, it's Stacy Wilson, so you know it's scary and funny, <laughs> right? Right. Uh, at the same time, so she contacted me, said I think you might be a good voice for this, based on my uh, profile on um, ACX. Um, Amazon's audiobook creation exchange. Yes. And uh, I auditioned for her. She said, yep, sounds good. Let's do this. And then a couple of years later, she came back to me for gory days. So she's a pleasure to work with, by the way, I want to say. <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, that, that's funny. So she actually found you. So that's uh, a she was Yeah. She was kind of browsing through uh, narrator um, demos on ACX and found my voice and um, and that didn't put her off. She contacted me anyway. <laughs> so well, no, that's that's funny, and you, you bring up something very important as well. Yes, one thing I noticed about these the Rock and Roll Nightmares books, mm -hmm. uh, this you know this one being Gory Days, the '80s edition, which will be available on audiobook very very soon. Um, there is there is a sense of of course there's there's a horror element and there's some creepy things, but some of it is pretty funny. <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah. There, I mean, there have been plenty of times that I've had to that I had to cut on a take because I was cracking up, you know. <laughs> and it's like you know when I was reading this to myself ahead of time, um, I, it made me laugh, but I didn't. I didn't remember it was that funny and I'd get to it out loud and have to stop and redo it. <laughs> so uh, that that's happened several times in, in a lot of the stories that, uh, that Stacy put together. Yep. So just to, just to name some of the stories in gory days, you have don't stand so close to meat hip to be scared and dead over heels. So I have to ask in the book, Mm -hmm. there's multiple stories which one is the scariest to you oh the scariest um i would say i would say don't stand so close to me the very first one is pretty scary wow it's it's the story uh it's narrated the the narrator is a personal chef for a, a rock and roll musician who i don't want to give too much away yeah. but she forms um, uh, an attachment that's a little too close uh, for for anybody, and and she is like I said, the personal chef and uh, chef, and she she wants to be more personal than just chef. Uh, I gotcha. So uh, there's some there's some things that happen in that story that creeped me out quite a bit. Um, let's see the. the there's, you know, there's one uh, called, oh, I'm going to forget the titles because there's so many of them. But there's one that has uh, a girl band from the 80s that are about to make it and um, they're on the verge of it. And they uh, kind of get their set at a at a theme park kind of gets overrun by some um <laughs> how, how should I put this? Some teenage zombies ah. is the best way to put that. And what they have to do to uh, get to, to, to get out of there, I think they get out of there. 
Um, and we'll find it out. Is, it's pretty scary. Yes. Um, and it's, but it's, but there's also some funny stuff as well. You know, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a unique trait of Stacy's the way she mixes the horror and the, and the comedy really is. I, I agree only because I, being a horror fan and you know, the, the host of this program, the red river horror podcast, Joe Zakreski, he, uh-huh. he, and there's a contingent of horror fans that enjoy the horror comedy, like that kind of subgenre. Yeah. yeah. I am not a huge fan of that. I will be completely honest. I'm not a huge fan of horror and comedy. I either want to be scared or I want to laugh. I don't I don't like when to mix. But yeah. I also hadn't seen it done so well until much much later in life. Yeah. So yeah. so like when I was younger, it's just like, well this this isn't like I don't I don't understand why this is good. Like something <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think of like a movie that just was really, really bad. And it was like a horror comedy, uh, like thanks killing. I'll bring that one up. Like that was just terrible, but like seeing the last few years for me, at least there's a movie called the final girls. That was a horror comedy. That was really uh-huh. good. Tucker and Dale versus evil. That was done really well. And it was funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, and I've noticed that with the, the, um, the rock and roll nightmares series. Yeah. It's, I, I, at first, like I'm just like, okay, so this has some comedic tones, and then you start listening more, and you get brought into the books more, and into the different stories, and it's like, oh, that's kind of funny. I like that. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Well, and it starts with some of the titles, you know, as you mentioned, Don't Stand So Close to Meat, <laughs> uh, Hip to Be Scared, which is uh, which is my favorite because it's, it's, it's probably the funniest to me. <laughs> Um, about a couple of modern kids that get magically teleported back to 1983 on a bet. Uh, and <laughs> they think they're going to handle 1983 just fine. And all of the, they, they are as much disturbed by the, the violent aspects of it. Um, or I should say they are as much disturbed by the other aspects besides the violence of 1983, like, <laughs> Uh, aerosol sprays and political incorrectness. Oh no! My this was pre Me Too, and they they get pretty freaked out by that. Um, <laughs> they're in an, they're coming from a woke world to an unwoke world, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly, and it's. Um, I mean, that's probably the one that I had to stop the most on. Um, <laughs> But the, there's there's I think the one about the the girl band in a in a park is called it may be called pour some sacrificial blood on me. <laughs> and uh, my apologies, Stacey, if I'm getting that wrong. But there's you know, the the characters are um, very distinct and a lot of fun. And as a narrator, you love the distinct characters because you got to do a lot of different things with your voice to make sure everybody knows who's talking. Sure. You know? Yeah. Um, it's one of the great things about um, audiobooks because as a character actor, you get to go out there and, you know, my, my bad imitation of, I don't know, Sylvester Stallone may not sound like Sylvester Stallone, but it sounds like that character I'm, you know, um, voicing for that book. <laughs> so, um, so Sly makes an appearance, huh? In gory yeah, days, I, I can't say that he does. Uh, 
but uh, no, but I'm just okay. using that as an example. I got Lots you. Of times as a narrator, you're, you're doing either a good or a bad imitation of somebody. And, um, but if I and, know who you're trying to do, then it works. Yeah. By the way, that, that, um, that story where the, the girl band is in the, um, in the theme park is called dead over heels. Oh, so, not pour some sacrificial blood. on. <laughs> so, okay. All right. That, that works because I'm I, glad I was able to clear that up. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, I was born in the eighties. I'm only familiar with it, obviously from what I've learned on television, what I've read in books and magazines and different mm-hmm. places like that. I happen to be a huge fan. This is so weird. I'm a mm-hmm. huge fan of Tears for Fears. <laughs> right? Man, that guy had some teeth, didn't he? The guy that was <laughs> one of the, the guy with the mullet, he had some major league teeth in the video. Yeah. Uh, and and um, that that was that was prime MTV uh, time, you know? Uh, the 80s were. It was before they got into all of the reality TV and and we were as young adults, um, I and my wife and my friends were absolutely tuning into MTV a lot. Yes. So yeah. you, so that brings up the video for you. That brings up the, the uh, yes. That is that's the one in the library, right? The, the head over heels. <laughs> yeah. So, so well, it's an interesting thing. Have you ever seen the movie Donnie Darko? Oh yeah. They, I love that movie, and for some reason, they use it in like a montage of. Like the school, like they're walking where we're getting to see this school and it's like a montage and that song is playing. And I always wanted to ask the director, it's like, why did you choose that song? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a, Donnie Darko got a nice cult following, didn't it? It really Um, did. I came up with it. That's the thing. It, it came out when I was in high school. So once one person gets a hold of it and like, oh, you got to watch this, then it's like a chain (laughs) reaction, you know? Yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal, right? Yes, sir. What I'm remembering. Yeah, yeah. The the 80s were a fun time. I, I mean, to be honest, they, they they weren't necessarily my favorite music time, although my favorite band, Dire Straits, is, uh, was came to life in the 80s. Aha. Uh-huh. And um, still a big Mark Knopfler fan, um, you know, and uh, they're, you know, the, the making movies album of dire straits is probably one of my top five desert Island albums. Wow. Uh, you know, uh, a lot, and, and other, other eighties artists. Hey, hey um, Warren Zevon had a lot of kind of creepy, funny, uh, songs like werewolves of London. His big hit is, uh, hilarious. You know, when, you know, you better stay away from him. She'll he'll rip your lungs out, Jim. <laughs> um, Warren had a lot of of that mixture going on. He yes. Yeah, so, what album do I have from him? I do have an LP of Warren Zevon because my dad was a Warren Zevon fan. Yeah, uh, Excitable Boy, Werewolves of London's on that, right? It, yeah, and it's that's probably my favorite. Um, he's also got Roland the Headless Thompson Gunner on there. Um, and, uh, excitable boy itself is, is pretty creepy song on its own, you know? Yeah. I haven't listened to it in a little while. I started packing up some of that, 
uh, some of that stuff only only just to for transport, not for any other reason. So I kind of yeah. put my 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 records away just a little while ago. But now yeah. that we're in the season, <laughs> like this is this podcast is being released in 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 uh, this this spooky season. So now, yeah. what was that song called again? The Excitable Boy. Uh, oh, both the title. I mean, all three of those: Werewolves, London. Uh, Roland the Headless Thompson Gunner and Excitable Boy are all on the album Excitable Boy and yep. and yeah I it's uh, that you better dig that album back out you'll be glad you did absolutely um, yeah so uh, real sorry to, when when Warren passed um, <clears throat> uh, that was a big loss for us and and uh, you know he had a he had an he put an album out. Uh, with everybody from REM except uh, Michael Stipe, the singer, and they called themselves for this album Hindu Love Gods. And the the one thing I remember from that album was they did a cover of uh, Prince's Raspberry Beret with Warren singing. So it's pretty Whoa. crazy stuff. Is that any yeah. good? That's yeah, it. I liked it. Okay. I mean, it's not something I have in my rotation all the time, but... Sure. Uh, but it was Warren, so I had to go along with it, you know. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I was in Barnes and Noble years ago, like it was after he had passed, mm. and I think there was it was either a biography or an autobiography. I can't remember, and it had a maybe you'll know. It had like a pretty crazy name, like a pretty long, crazy it, name. I'm I don't remember that biography. I'm looking on my. Uh, playlist for my Warren Zevon albums and uh, another good album of his is called uh, Bad Luck Streak and Dancing School. Hmm. <laughs> I think that maybe he had a self-titled first one, uh, but on Excitable Boy, you've also got Lawyers, Guns and Money, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, everyone and, who I know who's a lawyer. That's like, it's like, oh, that's my That's my theme song. It's like, you yeah, betcha. you and you every betcha. other lawyer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, that's a good it's I'm glad we brought Warren Zevon up because that's a terrific combination of the sort of macabre and and funny that uh, <laughs> totally fits with our conversation. Excellent. So, cool. Yeah. And he was a young man. I just looked up. He wow. He passed at 56. Unbelievable. Yeah, that's too young. Um, you know, lung cancer. And uh, I think he smoked for most of his adulthood. And OK. And I don't know that that's what necessarily that it was the smoking, but I know he died of lung cancer. So yeah, um, really touching rendition of uh, knocking on heaven's door that he did uh, while he was pretty sick hmm. and uh, got a lot of help with that last album. Wow. Yeah. Well, all right. R.I.P. Warren Zevon. And yes, I will. It's I know it is the season. I will listen. I, I only listened to the full album twice after I had gotten it. So, so well, I, you're in for a treat. And uh, it, it's it, it's um, it's like I said, it's a great combination of the humorous and the scary, and just like what Stacy's bringing us in yeah. Glory Day. Well, I I forced myself to do this. So when I started, uh, just a, just a quick anecdote here. When I started uh, the, the whole record collecting thing, I said to myself. Cause I, when I started DJing, it was CDs, you know what I mean? Like that was in the early, 
I think I started DJing in 2000 and 2001. So it was CDs. So you had to buy all these compilations. Like I just had crates of CDs. Well, then people said, oh, you're lucky. I used to have to carry around records. So I did not get into the vinyl record LP thing until much, much later when they started, when they started, I guess, repressing it and on that 180 gram vinyl and, um, and then they had record store day and we have a lot of great local record stores here in Philly. So I was, I was like, okay, you know what I'll do is this. If I don't own an album, I'll buy it. But like, it'll have to be either like a special record store day type pressing, like an, a numbered, you know, this many out of 2000 or whatever it is. Yeah. Or, you know, something that I really want that I never had like Van Halen's 1984. I had, I love that album. But I never actually owned it. I always listened to there was like a best of compilation that they brought out years ago and then a best of both worlds. So but I never owned 1984, the album. So I finally bought it. Long story short, I so I got into it saying I'm only going to buy that kind of stuff. I'm only going to buy new because I don't want to have like a wall, like a wall of records like I know so many DJs do like their entire wall is all right. I'm like that. I'm like, in the digital age, I, I can't afford to do that. <laughs> right, right. But then okay. when I started doing that, the problem became is people just started then buying me or giving me their old records. So so every time, you know, you'd run into somebody, oh, you know what? Hold up. And then they, they'd give you like three LPs. Well, that was Warren Zevon, the uh, Excitable Boy. It's just it's yeah. one of those albums that my dad had either given to me or gotten me from somewhere. So I just ended up with it. So, Well, your dad is a wise man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was, I don't know if, I, if I've mentioned this to you, but. Um, of course, I predate all of that, and the the very first uh, recordings I bought were forty five RPM little little forty five. Oh yeah, and you'd put a stack of those on, and they the automatic record changer would drop the next one. You're you know you're totally ruining the integrity of the recording if you have a whole stack of forty fives. We did that with albums too, with LPs. Right. But the very first forty five I bought when I was. 11 years old was um, uh, a song called DOA by a band called Blood Rock. Man, that and, sounds intense. Yeah, well, it was Yikes. about a football team that, whose plane crashes. And that is that intense. Was the genesis of that song and, and um, kind of a local connection that happened in Wichita, Kansas, which is about, well, it happened to the Wichita State football team. The Shockers. Uh, yeah, yeah. And Wichita is about three hours away from Kansas City. So we were absolutely aware of that news. Um, and they shut down their football program after that. So still a good basketball program, but they, yes. they said we're kind of done with football. Wow. Well, I guess my first 45. <laughs> blood rock. DOA. Yeah. Yikes. Wow. <laughs> well, what do you call it? with respect to your time? Just uh, one or two more questions. Sure. Oh, sure. Um, I'm, I'll go on forever <laughs> with the uh, gory days. Are, so, mm-hmm. yes, we're talking about rock and roll nightmares. This is the 80s edition short stories. You've heard 
the two authors, the great authors that did the 70s edition, and you'll hear the 60s stories as well. We are living in the 80s for this episode of the Red River Horror Podcast, speaking with the narrator of the book, Andy Garrison, who also happens to be an actor, acting coach, acting extraordinaire. I, you have a studio. You can do it. It's amazing. You know, when you're acting, you got to do a lot of different things. <laughs> but I love I love the craft and I love uh, part of the reason I, I always knew I wanted to teach. And when I decided it was acting that I wanted to teach, I didn't know that, you know, 40 something years after I started acting, I'd still be fascinated by the craft and how it works and uh, passing along, you know, what I know and, and trying to warn actors away from this from the mistakes i've made you know has uh been sort of my my life mission so uh it's 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 a it's a really fulfilling um kind of panoply of of different jobs that i do because i you know i edit both sound and video and sure you know i've done some writing but it's not something i have to do you know yep so um, the acting and the teaching is what I have to do. You know? So just to summarize gory days, what you'll find yeah. when you look for it, break out the guitar, throw your horn hands, get ready to rock down to electric Avenue. Gory days set in an alternate evil eighties where androids take the stage. A washed up rock star discovers the secret time to time travel and an aspiring musician puts her demo tape into the wrong hands yeah we mentioned these stories don't stand so close to meat hip to be scared dead over heels who of course is a play on tears for fears the great (laughs) tears for fears (laughs) so andy i guess just one more question for you if if you were to go back to the 80s right Mm -hmm. what what would be What's something relatable to this book, Gory Days, that you would maybe want to experience or a person you'd like to meet, I guess, is a better way. Um, I would, I would, who would I want to meet from the 80s? Um, I think I'd I'd want to, mm, well, there aren't a whole lot of political people I'd want to meet necessarily. Um, but uh, of the musicians that I, you know, was listening to, I mean, I would love to meet uh, Mark Knopfler from Dire Straits or, uh, and, and thankfully he's still with us. And, and I'd love to meet, have met uh, Warren Zevon and Linda Ronstadt. What a voice. Yeah. Um, um, the big people in the 80s you know uh i would love to i would love to have known what i know now about clive davis the famous producer sure uh who discovered bruce springsteen and and um rap groups and i would love to know what he was working on back then you know and had had a conversation with him because so much breadth in his you know knowledge and what he was able to bring about uh, Clive Davis would have been a good meet. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, any, anything else you want to say about Gory Days? That's the Rock and Roll Nightmares, the '80s edition. It, sorry to interrupt. It, it is. Oh. It's scary and funny. The writing is a pleasure. Um, I can tell you that um, one of the reasons I w- so enjoy 
working with Stacy uh, on her audiobooks are because the writing is just it's a pleasure to read. Um, and she carries that quality through not only her own writing work, but but the other authors that she brought in and edited with. And um, it's it's for a reader. I'm having a great time, and and I hope that gets passed along to the listener. All right, everyone. That is Andy Garrison, narrator of the book. Well, it's the Rock and Roll Nightmare series, of course. Gory Days, the 80s edition short story. Let's take a trip back to the decade of excess. Andy, so great being with you today. Thanks so much for chatting for some uh, for some good audiobook chats. You're very, very welcome. Thank you for having me. Well, I really hope you enjoyed that. And this was the episode number 62 of the Red River Horror Podcast. Of course, you can remember, reach out to us for episode suggestions. Or if you want to jump on and you got something to talk about, join, you know, redriverhorror at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out our 31 Days of Horror uh, calendar for 31 movies to get all hype for Halloween coming up. And remember, you can always tweet at me at Red River Joe. Join us for hashtag, hashtag games, Tony Todd Tuesday, hashtag Women Horror Wednesday, hashtag Stephen King Sundays. All those good ones. Now, hey, that's all I got for you. So remember to keep traveling those channels of fear.